Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. If you've ever wanted to let other people sell in your store, but you don't want to warehouse the products, Bold has the app you need. It's called Marketplace. Your store could be a full marketplace or a hybrid where you sell products, but allow other merchants to sell on it as well. As a store owner, you set the percentage commission you want to take to let merchants sell on your site. Merchants get their own dashboard to create products, set their own shipping, and fulfill their own orders. You just collect the commission. If you want to try Marketplace out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines, and it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Recording from ETH Cycle headquarters outside Chicago, this is the unofficial Shopify podcast, and I'm your host, Kurt Elster. We're going to continue our series on getting your store ready to print some money before the holidays. You know, we're, we're slowing down, we're running out of time um, leading up to get ready, leading up to the holidays before Black Friday, but we there's still hope, there is still time here. But before we get into that, um, a couple housekeeping items. I think, did I mention before, we broke 300,000 downloads. I'm thrilled. We're at, I uh, just checked it, it's 305,000 downloads. The show continues to grow month over month, and I owe that success entirely to you. So if you ever mentioned it to a friend or wrote a review, thank you. And if you ever got value out of the show and haven't done those things, play, it, it helps other store owners more than it helps me. So take the, the 47 seconds just to, to recommend it to someone, to share it somewhere, or to write a review. It is hugely helpful for the community at large. Um, other item, we our, our first Shopify app, we've got two now and we're working on a third, but our very first Shopify app, which we built just no expectations at all, we just wanted it to help anybody, was called Crowdfunder. And you heard about it on the show. We launched it it's to do pre-order campaigns, but we launched it in November of last year, and we got like, you know, there were like 10, then 20 users. Now all of a sudden, it's up like into hundreds of users, um, and it just got featured in the Shopify App Store. And I am, I am thrilled to death that this thing we built just as an experiment to see like, hey, could this help people? Would this work? Is this worthwhile? Oh, it now is is featured and is is raised. Um, at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I could think of two campaigns where it raised, uh, one campaign raised half a million dollars. It's unreal. But anyway, I'm just really, I'm honored and proud and, and thrilled with that. You could, it's called Crowdfunder. You could search for it in the Shopify app store. Um, it's super cool. 
The okay, so back done with the housekeeping. Back to today's episode. Um, so chances are you are doing some sort of email marketing for your store, and if you're not, you've got that. That's good news because you have a tremendous opportunity ahead of you. And even if you are, I guarantee there are are better ways to approach doing it and to discuss those in a really like a, a very tactical way um, to run through. Uh, some growth multipliers, some great objectives. I'm really excited about this one is Chanel Mullen, who works for Shopify, creates content for them. Her sole job is to enable store owners to be more successful. And she is going to run through with us uh, some email campaigns that you can steal today to help make more money before the holidays. So Chanel, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am, I am excited and honored. Always good to have someone from uh, well, someone with your pedigree, you were, uh, worked um, with some, some cool people. You wrote for Conversion Excel prior to this, right? I mean, that's exciting. I, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite, favorite blogs, and now you're with Shopify. So anyone who works there, I just assume, is uh, a master of their domain, has a ton of product knowledge. Um, but okay, let's, <laughs> enough, enough, about, um, enough about, about me rambling here. Um, let's jump into, into e-commerce growth multipliers. What the heck is an e-commerce growth multiplier? Um, so it's actually a concept that I borrowed from (laughs) Drew Sanaki. Um, he talks about them in the way that there are three multipliers for e-commerce growth and, um, it essentially saves you from what he calls like a tactical hell basically. Um, so the three multipliers are number of customers times frequency of purchase times AOV or average order value. Um, And why I like this is because when you're thinking about e-commerce growth and you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to increase my ROI or my revenue by 100% this year. And that's my overall goal. Very, very intimidating and very overwhelming. And you have no no idea where to start. So you just kind of start throwing out tactics, right? Um, And then you're just overwhelmed with all of these tactics that you're trying, um, like a growth hack here or a growth hack there. Um, Instead, this this multiplier system works because all you have to do is increase each of those multipliers by 30%, and then you've more than doubled your revenue or your ROI in the span of a year. Um, And it's, it's a much more attainable goal. It's much less daunting and overwhelming to think about in your head. Um, so that's why I think that the the growth multipliers are cool. And also they apply to everything. Like I'm using them uh, for content marketing at Shopify. It's how I think about content marketing. It's how I think about social media. It's how I think about anything in any form of marketing that I've ever done. So they're very versatile as well. Oh, let me, oh this I already love it. Let me, we're like a minute into this. Let me unpack that. Um, number one, I, it's, it's interesting. I know uh, Drew Sanaki. He's super bright, has done some really exciting stuff. Um, I will... I will try and find a, like an article that directly relates to what you're talking about from him to include in the show notes. If not, we can, mm-hmm. I'll just send him to uh, send people to his website. Drew, if you're listening, I would love to have you as a guest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely a smart dude. Um, the okay, the growth multipliers. I love this. I well, you said the number one problem people have is they're overwhelmed, right? And that mm-hmm. like there's so many growth hacks and tactics that you collect them and then you're like you know then you look back and go well what the heck do I do? And I to I we survey people who join um, who join our Facebook group and who join my email list get like a bigger survey, um, but we we run these customer surveys all the time and they're really helpful. But the number one problem by far that people face is they 
is the is overwhelmed. That's always the word that pops up. They go, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where, you know, I've got, there's so many, so much great information out there. I don't know where to invest my time or resources. Like, even if you're hiring people, you've got a limited number, amount of money to throw at it. And even if you're doing it yourself, you've got a limited amount of time. So there's no way you could tackle every one of these things. Um, and sometimes, like, you know, I, I try to cut through the noise to have a very great signal-to-noise ratio here. I worry that I'm I'm also contributing to the problem. Um, but hopefully we, we're not. Uh, and then I love if you approach this idea of these growth multipliers as mindset. Um, like, there's so much stuff I learn. Like, I do a lot of investment into my own personal development, and oftentimes that stuff is easily and just as valuable in my personal life as in my business and vice versa. So, okay, let's jump into, um, you know, we've covered what a, a growth multiplier is and why it matters. What are these growth multipliers? Uh, so the first one is number of customers. So essentially the number of customers actually coming into uh, your site and then making a purchase. Um, and then you have the frequency of purchase, which is how many times they're making a purchase, and then you have the average order value, uh, which is the value of every purchase. So basically, how many people can you get to purchase, how many times can you get them to purchase, and how much can you get them to purchase? Okay. So typically, you know, what we think about, especially when we first start a store, is we're like, all right, I just got to sell something. And then once we we're selling something at all, we're like, all right, we've validated it. We know there's people out there. We've, we're starting to figure out our product market fit. And we just look at like, all right, if I, I know what my conversion rate is, if I could polish my site up, maybe my conversion rate increases. And if I could just send more traffic to the site at that same conversion rate, I'll make more money. But it's re- like, that's such a basic, and that's fine when you're starting out, but it's such a basic approach. You quickly discover there are other ways to do it. It's more nuanced. You can certainly grow revenue dramatically without having to increase customers. And that's more mm-hmm. conversion rate without changing those two variables. Well, actually, no, maybe conversion rate changes. But without just sending more and more traffic to the site, there are other ways to make more revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what's important about the growth multipliers is that it puts a focus on that, um, right? So if you're sending customers to your site, you're paying acquisition costs, and they're probably quite high, especially if you're using any sort of PPC, Um and what's cool about focusing on AOV and then frequency of purchase is that you can reacquire a customer for a lot less than you can acquire them in the first place. Um, a lot of the times it's the price of an email that you sent versus like $100 or $150 or however much you're paying uh, to acquire them the first time. And then also increasing how much they're purchasing, um, you're getting more out of it without actually having to pay for that acquisition cost again. So sometimes focusing on those last two multipliers is better than focusing on the idea of getting more customers in. Um, yeah, and that's why I think that the, the growth multipliers are cool because I think there is like that knee-jerk reaction to just say, I need more customers, my conversion rate is good, um, and I just shovel more people onto the site. Um, and then I'm just on the topic of conversion rate. I, I really don't like... To, to do things based on the conversion rate. Um, and I know I kind of picked this up when I was working for Pep at Conversion XL, and he would always say, if you want to increase your conversion rate, um, just make everything free. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was kind of the way he taught people how to reframe their thinking from, I want to increase my conversion rate to, I want to increase my revenue. Because um, oh, okay. there's a huge difference between those two things. I love, even for me, like that's like, oh, duh, that's such a, easy mindset to 
to fall into to fall into that trap where you're just staring at conversion rate and we're like that's a means to an end um okay so all other things be equal i can I could make more money with the same traffic, same conversion rate, if I'm increasing the average order value. So if every day, let's say as a benchmark, you know, if you're growing your store, suddenly you get, you know, you've got 150 people a day on average over 30 days visiting the site. It's really exciting when you're first growing the store. Um, and you've got, so you're probably at that point, you should be getting at least one purchase a day. Well, I don't have, you know, early on, the easy way to get more revenue is, well, can I get can I increase my average order value? So let's say someone's spending, they usually buy a single item, they spend 50 bucks. Well, then I can offer an upsell to every single person and say, hey, if you're buying this camera, maybe you want the tripod to go with it. And now suddenly, like I potentially, you know, uh, increased my average order value, you know, 20%. Um, the, the, am I getting it right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then let me throw a uh, bold apps product upsell would be the easy way to do this. And then they've got a new app that's free called bold brain that will go through your past purchase data and give you and it's called IQ, but it's a confidence interval. It will give you the statistically significant product pairs that people buy together. And then like one button, it will add it as an upsell into product upsell. I recently, we did this uh, recently on a couple sites. Um, it is, yeah, I think it's, it's super cool, but that's like an easy way to increase average order value just on the site um, on your site with a one simple app that's like a one-click install. Um, I know they're a sponsor, but I they I genuinely believe in that app. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Um, so that's how I'd increase average order value. How would I increase purchase frequency? And what do we mean by that? Yeah, so purchase frequency is essentially how many times you can get that customer to come back. So um, usually when people think about a customer, uh, they're thinking about, okay, they're going to buy this one thing and maybe one other thing in the future <laughs> if they happen to come back. And uh, purchase frequency is the idea that they should be coming back on a regular basis to repurchase more products. Um, and the way that you would do that, there's a couple of ways. Um, they're both, again, from Drew, uh, <laughs> who knows quite a bit about e-commerce growth, so I don't even mind borrowing from him. Um, the first one is the email campaign one-two punch, which sounds uh, very similar to what you were talking about with um, that app. Uh, basically, you would look at products that are regularly purchased together. Um, you can start with your top like two to three products and look at what's complementary. Um, and then you would try offering a discount on that complementary product. But before you offer the discount, of course, you can just go ahead and test just pushing people towards purchasing that complimentary product. And the cool thing about that is you know historically um, and based on data that people purchase those products together. So, for example, um, I like video games. If you purchase a video game system and then you notice that your customers are coming back like 10 days later or 5 days later or 45 days later to purchase a second or third game or they're coming back to purchase a controller yeah, people might purchase those together the first time, but there's probably a sizable segment that doesn't. They come back later. Um, and then you're then targeting people who purchase the system to uh, then go and purchase the controller or the upgrade or whatever the complementary product is. Yeah, I think, um, no, that makes total sense. The, and the objection that some people might have is like, well, I don't want to force things on them. I'm, it's spammy. I don't want to do it. Not at all. You are helping them have, you have to look at it as, you are helping them have the best possible experience with their purchase. And you're by no means twisting anyone's arm, especially if you're offering 
you know, by the point that you're you're offering a discount and making sort of like a concierge suggestion here based on other people's purchase data, you're doing them a service. Um, so like the value has to go both ways. Certainly you make a profit if they purchase again from you, but you're helping them have this, this better experience and making it uh, very easy for them to go, oh yeah, I, you know, my, my PlayStation 4 would be more fun if I got a second controller, right? Um, so that makes a lot of sense. The... I ha oh, so I've got um, a, a past guest on the show and a, a good example. I've got a client, Tactical Baby Gear, Beef Brody, Tactical Baby Gear, and I'm also a customer of Tactical Baby Gear. And they're not making stuff that outfits your baby to go fight in Afghanistan. They are selling um, <laughs> these sort of, like these very masculine, um, but like military themed baby accessories, like diaper bags, is their number one seller. And I have the diaper bag, so I bought I bought the diaper bag, and then like I'm. Um, Six weeks later, I turned around and bought a patch for it. And like a, they have these fun morale patches. I got one, and then I stuck. Um, they have like a bottle carrier that I got and some carabiners. So I ended up like spending almost as much in accessories in a second purchase as I did buying the bag in the first place. Right, so it almost doubled that cu their my customer lifetime value to them almost doubled, and now I have a much better experience with that bag. And then like when my I have a you know, in my 30s, so I got friends who are now having kids, and they saw the bag, and they're like, well, that's, <laughs> where'd you get that bag? I want that bag, and I just, like, I just bought one for my brother-in-law. Um, congratulations, Lanyon. And, <laughs> but that's, like, so we, based on my own personal experience, I thought, wait, what the heck am I doing here? We put that into an email marketing campaign. So we just, like, we use Clavio. If they bought the, like, if person bought bag, then let's wait a couple weeks, um, and then send them a thing, say, hey, if you, you know, your bag's more fun with some accessories, here's like, here's an example. And then if they don't buy, hey, if you were still interested in that, here's a coupon. You know, we told you about that uh, accessory yesterday, here's 10% off if you want to grab it. And then maybe a third email after that goes, well, uh, that coupon code we sent you is going to expire. So with that, like, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to your point, like, the more specific and segmented you can get with your data. So if you can know, for example, um, how many days afterwards the average person will purchase that second complimentary product. Um, you can then time your emails and your email campaigns based on that timeline. So it doesn't feel like you're forcing or twisting anyone's arm or being spammy because you're actually like you're serving them up exactly uh, what most people want at this time uh, usually, right? <laughs> right? Yes. So, um, it's not just kind of you taking a guess and saying, oh, well, if I were the customer, then I would want this two weeks later, right? It's all data-based, and um, you can usually get it down quite a bit and segmented quite a bit so that you're actually delivering them what they want when they want it. So speaking of data, how do we get that data? Like I know in Shopify I can run the website card analysis report, um, which it's not in the most basic plan, but it's also not like a plus exclusive thing. I love these reports, but there's the website card analysis report and it'll flat out give you a listing where it goes, all right, person who bought X was like X percent or X percent of people who added X were going to add Y. Yeah. You can also, um, just go into Google analytics if you have, uh, e-commerce tracking set up enhanced e-commerce tracking and you will be able to check out what people you opportunity buy together um, and then you can segment it out to see how far apart typically they're they're purchasing those two things so if i go uh in shopify you go click i've got i've done so many store setups this i have this burn into my brain you go <laughs> under like uh under online store is a sales channel click preferences and then it has um like that's where your homepage title is and a couple others and there's a 
a spot to paste in Google Analytics snippet. Google Analytics is free, make it, paste it in there. But then most people stop there. At that point, there is a, and I don't know why it doesn't do this by default, um, if anyone is listening out there uh, at Shopify dev team, there's a checkbox that says enable enhanced e-commerce. And there's no explanation of what it is. And it's just like, it sounds cool, I don't know. So you click it, and at that point, it then starts providing, Shopify will provide Google with a ton of extra info about people's behavior on the site. And then you get a new panel in Google Analytics. And this is all free, that's the crazy part, um, in Google Analytics called e-commerce, and it gives you a ton of, of really valuable reports. So you're saying that's where I could find this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then it, um, there are different like advanced filters you can use. But to be honest, uh, I still consider myself uh, relatively beginner level in terms of analytics, just because I know how much you can you can know about analytics. So I definitely consider myself a beginner. Um, and I was able to just like navigate around and find uh, with the help of a couple filters or just clicking through reports. I mean, you're going to be to your point, amazed by how much information is in there and how much is hiding below all of like the main reports that you would pull up. Um, I actually wrote an article recently on custom reports, and I think I used a couple of custom reports that use enhanced e-commerce. Um, and it's just cool to explore like what you can do with Google Analytics. This is a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> Google <laughs> Analytics is awesome. Um, and there's so much information in there. And if you're using like custom reports and advanced segments, um, all of which you can easily just grab from uh, the Google Gallery, um, the Google Solutions Gallery, it, it's it's just crazy how much you can unlock and how much you can discover. It's just like hiding below that surface of the <laughs> of the uh, iceberg. No, absolutely. Um, I that will be the second link I throw in the show notes. I just found the article, nine Google <laughs> Analytics customer reports by the experts and how to use them by one Chanel Mullen from July. And that's a quick eight-minute read, I'm told. I don't know how they calculate that. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> sorry. All right. So I will throw that in the show notes as well. Okay. So we covered – actually, the th- so how do I figure out the, the typical duration between two purchases? Um, it depends on your store. Um, and it depends on the products that you have, but generally you're looking at the time between the two purchases. So if you just link them together through an advanced filter or um, any sort of like segmentation that you're doing, you can see how long uh, is in between action A and action B, especially if you're setting things up as goals. Um, so like say you have a goal for purchase in category A or purchase in category B, or if you have it all segmented out based on product, um, that's usually the way that I would look at it to find out the, the time between the two. Okay, cool. Uh, and I'm sure, I for sure there are Shopify apps that um, I'm sure will just like spit out just that data. I think Absolutely. Uh, Eric Davis from Little Stream Software, who was on talking about JSON LED, I'm pretty sure that was like one of his early apps was just, yeah, repeat customer insights, that's it. Will just gives you like at a glance, here are these repeat customer metrics and then increase, then you know you could pick one, focus on that, try to increase it. Um, okay, so offering these very specific segmented upsells based on data in like a one, two, three part email campaign um, is an easy way to increase average order value and lifetime value. And it assumes you sell like multiple related products, which if you know your customers, you know your niche, you should be able to do this. Um, and that's why you know we really encourage the people to, to stick to like a laser focused niche. Um, but okay, what uh, are there other... That's one campaign. Are there others I'm missing? I mean, that alone is going to make people money. Yeah, for sure. There's also for frequency, there's the win back campaign. 
um, also from Drew. So if you know, for example, that um, there's a certain amount of time before somebody would regularly purchase, so uh, using specific numbers, say 45 days, you know that your customers purchase um, typically within a 45-day window. So they'll make their first purchase, they'll wait 45 days, and before that 45 days is up, they've typically made a second purchase. Um, at that point, if they don't make a purchase within that 45 days, you might be getting a little bit nervous <laughs> right. because you're expecting them to come back and they haven't. Um, so at that point, you would use like a win-back campaign. And the cool thing about all this stuff is that once you set it up the first time, once you go through the process of setting up the one-two punch and the win-back and the other ones we're going to talk about, um, you're good. Like It's it's all automated. Um it's not uh, like a promotional email where you need to sit there and send it out to people uh, every Friday or every Thursday or whatever. Um, they right, okay, yeah, so, that is the big pain with email is uh, it's such a chore, it's homework. I got to yeah, come up with exactly. a newsletter. Automation saves you from that, where your career like you make your best email once and then it di- it's generated dynamically, so it's always going to send because c- your customers are in all different places in their life cycle with you um, as a in a as in their relationship with the brand. Um, and it, it's just all over the place. So automation is going to save you a ton of time, but also make sure your messages are sent at the right, the right message gets sent at the right time to the right customer. It really just dramatically increases the relevancy. So then you have to worry about feeling spammy even less. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I would never advocate like a set it and forget it mindset because I definitely think you should be going in and A-B testing all of this stuff. Um, and testing different copy and testing different headlines and testing uh, the different products even, right? Like if you're testing that complimentary product from one-two punch and it's not selling as well as you think it should be, um, you know, move on to your second top-selling product and see if there are any other complimentary items. Um, yeah, so so <laughs> for the win-back campaign, at this point you're, you know that somebody is showing signs of lapsing or they're not going to come back. Um, and then... What you would do is set up a win-back campaign um, with a discount ladder. So you want them to purchase, and you might offer them uh, 5% off or 10% off. And, and at this point, you want to like focus on what's the minimum you can offer, right? Because you don't want to leave money on the table giving them a 15% discount if, if you could have got away with a 5%. Um, and it kind of just depends on their experience with your brand, um, how how uh, in demand your products are. So like maybe you have a product where people don't need to come back and purchase it every 45 days or um, every 30 days. It's kind of, it's a longer sales cycle or a longer repurchase cycle. Um, so you just want to focus on what the lowest discount you can offer. And then you would build out a discount ladder from there and you would get progressively higher. Um, look back afterwards to look at your data to see which one you think you could have offered. So if they tend to convert on the 10% or if they tend to convert on the 5% or the 15%. Um, the only other thing I would say about it is you definitely want to cut the campaign at about 90 days. So if if 90 days have passed, regardless of what I'm using 45 days as a typical example, um, but if, you, if your cycle is 15 days or 20 days, um, regardless of that, cut the campaign at about 90 days because chances are, uh, if they purchased, if they haven't purchased after 90 days, they're probably not going to purchase again. Or, uh, hey, they're probably just not interested in getting all of these discount ladder emails anymore. Um, yeah, so I guess there's kind of like knowing when to quit on that side because you could like cross over into the spammy, I'm damaging this relationship territory. For sure. I, yeah, I would think like, did, 
obviously you want to use data to do it. Um, and then once you've got it running, you want to split test it. Uh, and a perfect one to test would be the discount offer, as you suggested. Because we've seen like, you know, it totally depends on the audience. I mean, the answer in most to most questions is it depends. But it, you know, f- $5 could be better than 5%. Or like free upgraded shipping or, you know, uh, like there are different discount offers you can use that you want to test. But the easy one to test is play with the percentages. I mean, what we typically see is like, all right, like a higher percentage will perform better to a point between 15 and 20. Oftentimes there's very little difference, whereas like 5 to 15 makes a big difference. And then you hit 20 and suddenly it's like it barely moves the needle. Um, so that's an, an easy good one to test. Uh, okay, so that gets us to... Uh, well, there are other, are there other campaigns? That was the win back campaign. Is there, you have a fourth one, don't you? Yeah. Um, so the other two that I talk about generally, I want to talk about e-commerce growth are the bounce back campaign, which affects average order value and, uh, the tripwire campaign, which affects the number of customers that are coming in. Okay. Um, I've never heard of a bounce back campaign. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. The bounce back campaign. Um, basically, if you have a first time customer coming in, you would offer a limited time only deep discount. Um, so uh, an example would be like, say, a T-shirt. It needs to be it needs to be a product that you have a lot of stock for, and you have a very high profit margin on it, because uh, otherwise it's not going to work. Because you're giving a super super deep discount at this point. Um, it's not just like 15% off or not even 50% off. It's a, it's a really big one. Um, and you would offer urgency. Um, so essentially as soon as they make the purchase, they're getting an email about this deep discount. Um, hopefully you're also using a product that you've been selling for a while or, you know, people are just generally interested in. Um, so I've seen this done with like SaaS companies. I know this isn't e-commerce podcast. I'm talking about SaaS, but, um, They'll, as soon as they send out their email uh, about, like, thank you for purchasing this plan or this uh, Thanks for subscribing. Level of, yeah, exactly. Um, then you'll get, like, an email about a T-shirt for their company, which is, seems really weird. Um, but a lot of people will purchase it. And I know I've, I've done it as well. Um, hmm. And it works just as well for e-commerce. It works even better for e-commerce because, uh, yeah. <laughs> their whole bread and butter is uh, products like t-shirts and, and that's not the same for SaaS. But um, essentially you're just offering a deep discount on a limited time only product. Uh, it's not actually limited time only. Usually you're offering it all the time, but you can add like subtle hints of urgency, like a countdown or um, Drew talks about adding uh, links that look like very like long and specific links um, that he created by design because then it seems like it's a custom limited time only URL that you can go to versus like, it's always here. Um, so I, thought that <laughs> yeah, was I guess cool you could trick. probably, you could stick like a, like a big long nonsense query string on there, um, to make it look like it's a unique offer when in reality it, it doesn't do anything. That's like, it's walking a fine line where, you know, you want to be, you always want to be honest and it's like, you know, where, I would consider like doing a long link, like that's set dressing. I don't think that's being dishonest um, mm-hmm. unless someone asked you specifically, like, what does this link do? And you go, eh, nothing. I just did it because I liked it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with the, like anytime you're using, you're doing like trying to add scarcity or urgency to it, you want to keep it genuine because as soon as someone figures out 
um, like people get mad when they figure out when they see false scarcity. Um, like if you uh, if you download the free sample of e-commerce bootcamp, it goes through this cool like ten email long campaign that really it's designed to get you to buy the book, right? Um, and the like I experimented with false scarcity. It's <laughs> a couple of emails where they just like called me out on it. And I don't like what their point was being like, aha, I gotcha. But like they were, they did not seem positive. Um, <laughs> so I would, you want to be like, you could do it, just be cautious or figure out a way to make it genuine um, would be my own. Otherwise for sure. Like no one, when you're running a sale off it, the, the email that sells the most is the one that says, Hey, the sale's about to end. Right. It's that, because it's you're adding urgency and scarcity. If that element isn't there, people really have no reason to make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's like coming in and explicitly saying this offer is going to disappear if you do not click this link right now. Oh, um, to your point, because that's I kind get of it. like he's yeah, a, he was, didn't state it by having the long link. It's just an implication. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I it's gotcha. like subtle yeah. elements of scarcity and um, urgency and you're kind of playing on the same psychological factors that they use, but you're not explicitly saying, um, or misleading anyone or like venturing into dark patterns or anything like that. Yes. No, that makes total sense. Um, the, yeah, anytime like adding a cutoff time, a timer, a date, like those things always increase conversions, right? You know, you just, it's so long as they're genuine. Um, so anytime you can add urgency or scarcity, absolutely do it. Um, it works well. Yeah. There's about, um, and that bounce back campaign, it sounds like um, those like a re- uh, an upsell and a receipt would be like the genuine e-commerce equivalent. Does it? Did I get that right? Yeah, for sure. I think it can be on any like transactional email like that, or it can Trend, even yeah. be a, a dedicated email that goes out uh, shortly after they purchase. Um, I think it's really up to you, and it depends on how many emails you're sending. Uh, sometimes the only thing I would say about transactional emails is sometimes people will just glance at them and ignore them, um, be, ignore any like sort of call to action on them. Um, but sometimes they work. Sometimes they work if people get all the way down. But I know like if I get a receipt for something, I'll I'll check to see if it has any shipping info. <laughs> if not, I'll, right. I'll archive it uh, and send it right to the right to the archive. Well, and we know the number one. Like the the email that gets opened more than any other is the receipt email, the order confirmation email. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why people are compelled to do it. I now don't do it just because I'm aware of that. <laughs> uh, I I just have to buck the trend, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that like it makes a ton of sense to put put that upsell in there. Um, it probably like falls into ladder theory, where someone like once you've got them in a pattern of yeses, then it just makes it. It just psychologically, it's very easy to make another purchase right then. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like increasing average order value to me is kind of like a state of mind almost, like where you get them into the pattern where they're purchasing more and more every time. So is this huge, deep discounted product going to make you a ton of revenue this time? No, maybe not. But maybe times like a thousand customers yes maybe that will add up quite a bit but i think for me the what's cool about this campaign is that you're putting people in the state of mind where they will purchase more from you or they're used to purchasing more from you or they're used to like looking around for a deal um or a product or they're getting more familiar with your brand and it becomes second nature like um there's this site that i really like called bustedtees.com and they just have like geeky video game and like comic book style t-shirts um, and every time they have some sort of 
a deal or they have some sort of a product or I'm even thinking about uh, purchasing a t-shirt, uh, which is a lot because I really like t-shirts. So um, I think of them, right? And, and, and every time I think of them, I think, okay, well, they're going to have some sort of deal where if I buy two t-shirts, I get one for free. It's kind of like setting them up for that mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're right. No, it's it's pattern building. Um, I'm going to include Busted Tees in the show notes because they're doing a ton of clever stuff. I mm-hmm. I remember this like 10 years ago in college. These guys have been around forever. Um, and they're like back then it was much simpler to advertise. Their thing was like they just had a, a busty model in a T-shirt in a sidebar ad in Google. And like that's 10 years ago, you see these ads everywhere. And I, I was in college and that was the target market. So good good job on them. Um, and now I I suppose I'm older. I don't see it as much, but I just visited. So I'm sure I'll get retargeted. Um, as soon as you land on the site, you get like, you get a bounce exchange pop-up that goes, get 50% off all full price tees. And the two buttons are activate, or I like paying full price. (laughs) And then once I click it, boom, like across the top, it says, it reminds me all full price tees, 50% off sale ends in two days, 34 minutes, 11 seconds. I bet that thing is always there and always resetting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which, pretty much always they have some sort of a sale on. But there's no guarantee. So it's like, even if even knowing that, if I see a shirt I like, I'm going to get the 50% off and buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it works all the time. There's uh, Talia Wolf who uh, runs Get Uplift, and she's always sending, like, in Slack or on Twitter, she's like, check out this, like, huge sale that Busted Tees is having. And then, uh, like, we know in the back of our minds they always have sales. Or they're going to do this again in, like, three months, but it still works every time. I'm always buying a T-shirt from them. <laughs> and, you like, like, it's because, you know, you know the pattern, but you like the brand, you trust the brand. Okay, so I know I'm, I'm running out of time with you. I know you're busy. You have certainly other things to do. Uh, run me through the tripwire quickly. Yeah, the tripwire is again kind of playing on that like pattern building and mindset shift. Um, so basically, this is to get more customers coming in, and it's basically the idea that you can turn visitors into customers with a really irresistible low ticket offer. Um, and usually, this is from uh, the team at Digital Marketer. Usually, when they talk about a tripwire, they're talking about something between like a dollar and twenty dollars. And its sole purpose, it might not even be something you sell regularly in your store um, is to turn visitors into buyers and 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 why that's important is because it changes the relationship it changes that person from a visitor to a customer so um, if you remember like a long time ago when (laughs) you'd be reading like an archie comic or something and you would open it up the back page and it would say like get all of these cds for a dollar or get some get something for a dollar send us a penny in the mail and we're going to give you this Um, that's the same that's basically the same persuasion technique. Um, you're just, once money exchanges hands, you're changing that relationship from, oh yeah, I visited that site to, oh yeah, I purchased something from that site. And then it becomes a lot easier to sell to those people again because they purchased from you. You've built up some goodwill with them because you likely gave them something um, at a much better price than uh, what the value of what they gave you is. So there's kind of that disproportionate uh, value exchange there. And then typically if you have if you already have an email list built up, you can just go ahead and promote the tripwire to that list. Um, I don't know I don't think as many e-commerce sites are doing 
email list building uh, for visitors um, very much, but I think that it, they should be. Yeah, uh, we, so if you, we bang on it all the time. They're like, you got to be building your list. If the best time to start building your list was either at the start of your business or right now. For sure, yeah. So if you if you do have an email list, that's awesome, and go ahead and promote that tripwire to them so that you can turn them from just being on your email list or just being subscribed to um, whatever you have them subscribed to, a newsletter, uh, anything like that. And then if you don't, you can try the um, you can try promoting the tripwire on like exit, um, showing exit intent or after an idle period or anything like that, or even on a product page. Yes, I love the idea of the tripwire. We rarely see it in e-commerce stores, but it's such a it's a great powerful idea. Um, but like I essentially you know like a free plus shipping offer or like an item just for seven bucks, your intent is not to make money on this. It's at best to break even. Um, but the goal really is just is a, a mindset shift in your relationship where the moment someone oh, like if I if I'm trying to sell something, if you're trying to sell something to anybody, it becomes dramatically easier, a hundred times easier if they have given you a dollar because now it's the relationship has changed. And the a good analogy for this is if the classic pickup line in a bar is, can I buy you a drink? Well, the <laughs> moment you like you say that and they say yes, now you have gone from you, you're going from strangers to acquaintances. So it's just mm-hmm. to to move that relationship forward um, in in this mindset way. Okay, I love all of those ideas. I know you have to run to a meeting. Uh, is there just give us one key takeaway? What's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? Um, probably to instead of um, just kind of sending emails for the sake of sending emails or sending them for promotional reasons, to tie everything you do with email marketing and uh, at marketing at large back to some sort of growth goal or monetary goal. Um, so you'll notice that all of these email campaigns tied back to one of the three growth multipliers: frequency, AOV, or number of customers. Um, Try to try to apply that general process into everything you do. Uh, it'll help you avoid that tactical hell that we talked about. It'll help you kind of sort through all of those like 101 growth hacks to try right now for your e-commerce store articles. Um, and it'll help you filter out what you could be doing with what you should be doing. I like it. It's about being intentional with your with your your time and your money and your resources. And I think a like a, a good way I say to go, I tell people to go about it is pick a single key performance indicator. Say it's average order value. And you're just going to focus on only that for 30 days. So if you've got whatever your list is, whatever's coming at you, the question is, do, will this help improve that metric? If the answer is no, you're, I'll, either, you're not doing it right now. Maybe later, but not right now. Um, and that will help really like stack the bricks faster um, in your business. Okay. Final question. I, it has been my honor and pleasure to have you Chanel. Where could people go to learn more about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Chanel underscore Mullen. And then I'm also uh, regularly on the shopify.com slash blog, the e-commerce blog. Um, you can usually find me there every Monday. Very good. I will link to both of those in the show notes, a ton of stuff we have packed in here, uh, this episode. I, yeah, that, that's phenomenal. Thank you again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, all right, well, that's it for us today at the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So, all right, I know you've got your phone in front of you. Go to Facebook, search for Unofficial Shopify Podcast, and you'll find the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders Club. Click join. I will add you. Come back, talk to us, or sign up for a newsletter, kurtelster.com. I just redesigned the site. It's pretty cool. 
um, shoot me an email. If you're on my newsletter, you can always reply. I'm happy to help. Either way, you'll be notified whenever a new episode goes live. And of course, if you'd like to work with me on your next project, you can apply at eachcycle.com. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.